0: That was fantastic. Um, There is a feeling in this room. I hope you guys can feel it at home because there is a feeling in this room that is... ah, I don't even know how to explain it. Um, I love when Kim leads worship and I don't know if it's because I've known her for so long. I think I met her when she was like 13 or 14. Um, But... uh, there is just something special when she leads worship. So thank you, Kim, for, the, for that. And I love how God gives her songs to choose um, that so fit what we're talking about. Um, so if you don't know who I am, I'm Tamara. I'm the associate pastor here at the church. Um, so glad to be with you here on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, today we're we're next to our last week. Next week, Wright House is our last sermon in the In the Wilderness, Thriving in Difficult Times series. And I wanted to go back. God just kept showing me what we'd been talking about in the last few weeks. And so I want to kind of go back because everything we talked about is leading up to this passage today. And it's about the spies and the giants and our decisions and our choices that we make and the consequences for them. So the first week, when we started, we learned about Moses and the burning bush, and that um, was the burning bush was a spiritual mirror of how we looked inside of ourselves and at God's heart. And what we learned was that we needed to have some self-reflection and seeing what's in us so that we can truly see what God's heart is for us and for the world, and so that we can hear him. It's looking really deeply at God's heart for us. And I hope all of us did that. I hope you all did that, is taking that spiritual mirror and really looking inside of us. The next week we stopped, um, We talked about um, how God provided for the Israelites with manna and water, manna from heaven and water from the rocks, and how they just kept grumbling and complaining, even though God was continued to provide for them. And they wanted to know, well, what about this? Why this? How did this happen? And we had to learn to live in that tension of knowing and not knowing. If we knew everything, we, there are times we would never move forward because it would be too scary. And sometimes the not knowing paralyzes us with fear as well. But it's better not knowing and just keep trudging ahead and knowing that God will provide for us through whatever it is. And so living in that tension of knowing and not knowing. I want to make sure I got everything. And that when we live in that, we need to create an empty space within us. And that's what Sabbath is for, to create that empty space in us so that God can come in and do his work, not only in us but through us so that we can move forward in the knowing and the not knowing. So I hope you're taking your Sabbath. The third week, we talked about how the Israelites were guided by the pillar of fire at night and the clouds during the day. And we asked, what is guiding us? Is it our own ideology or is it God's system, his GPS system, which is the Holy Spirit? So which is guiding us? And we learn that if we allow God to guide us, if we are open to his voice and his guiding, we will be guided by the pillar of fire and the clouds, just like the Israelites were. He still works the same. We just sang about it. He does the same things now as he did during the Israelites' wilderness time. We need to be open to it. So are we open to his guidance? Are we open to his GPS? Or are we allowing the world view to to Um, crowd into us and follow the worldview, or do we have the biblical worldview? And then last week, snake on a stick, a weirdest passage ever, but it reminded us that if we are grumbling and complaining all the time, if we're negative all the time, that we, it leads to our death. It may not lead to our physical death, but it leads to the death of joy. It leads to the death of our soul and our spirit. It leads to the death of hope and our faith, if we grumble and complain all the time. Where if we have gratitude, it leads to life. And so we need to be able to look up, not the stick, but up to God, and have a grateful heart. And when we can do that, healing happens within our bones, happens within our spirit and our soul. We will find joy again and when we do that we can then face the Giants that we all face every single day I don't know I I'm not a hundred percent sure where this picture came from I just saw it online but that is one huge man he is a giant now I don't know what your Giants are in your life this morning I I had a giant now I Help my mom, and I have people that come in and help me. My sister is one of them. We have another gal that comes in and help us. And every Sunday morning, it is chaos and drama. I don't know why. Well, it's probably because I'm trying to get here and the evil one doesn't want it. But every morning or every Sunday morning, it is drama and chaos. And I come in stressed and late. And thank God we're doing still online because you would see me coming in screeching in at 10 o'clock. That's not how I want to arrive at church. That's not how I want to start my Sunday mornings. So my giant this morning was my fear that there was going to be drama and chaos on the morning I'm going to teach, which I didn't want. And so last night I'm like, okay, Lord, please, 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 no drama. And this morning I was afraid to text my sister to tell her I was leaving to come on over. She lives next door. So it shouldn't be that big a deal. But I didn't want the drama and the chaos. And this morning, that I faced it. I texted her. Okay, I'll be over in a couple minutes. There was no drama. There was no chaos. It was peaceful. We actually left before I left. And she's like, remember last week when this happened? Yeah, I remember. Oh, thanks for doing that for me. Okay. And we started laughing. So I came in this morning early, well, for me, And no drama, no chaos, no stress. Little nerves teaching, but that was it. And what a difference that makes. When I faced my giant, I was still fearful, but I faced it anyways. Now the Israelites, they were a different breed. I mean, they they had a lot of grumbling and complaining. They had a lot of fears. And this is the story of how Caleb and Joseph and ten other spies were sent to the land that God promised them, the land flowing to milk and honey, and how they went to go and search it out, and the report they brought back. And so let's start reading. We're going to start with Numbers 13, 1 through 3. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran according to the command of the Lord, all of them men who were heads of the children of Israel. So all these men that were sent, 12 men, were leaders, leaders in Israel, of Israel. They weren't just, you know, randomly picked people. They were chosen because they were leaders. And the people looked to them as leaders. Uh, Let's skip to number 17. Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds. Whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rehob, near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron. I'm going to mess up these names, I know it. Ammon, Shasai and Talmai. The descendants of Anak were there. Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zom in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshkol, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it in between two of them on a pole. Now, I grow grapes, and my clusters of grapes are not that big, so I'm thinking these grape clusters are huge. So um, they also brought some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Skull because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told them and said, we went to the land where they sent, where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit. I'm going to stop there for a second because that's the good part. They saw, God promised them this land of milk and honey, and they saw it. Now, the spies that were sent out, the ten leaders of Israel, the word for spies is, is it ter, 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 ter? And it means, I know it's, I am not the language buff that houses. Um, It means search out or explore. So they're really not, we think of spies of like James Bond or, you know, people like that. Or we think of um, the Russian spies or the Chinese spies. We think of spies like that. But these were actually scouts. They were going to go scout out the land. They wanted to explore it and see what was there. What is a good path? Now, it's strange because if god promised them this land and told them that they were going to conquer it why would then he send out tell moses to send out these guys to explore it to find out if it was good or not that was a question i had and i know several other people had as well and so he had already promised this land but in deuteronomy 1 it's a little bit different Moses recounting the story says, Then all of you came to me and said, Let us send men ahead to spy out the land for us and bring back a report about the route we are to take and the towns we are to come to. So it sounds like the people of Israel were kind of grumbling and complaining, not real sure about God's promises, and went to Moses and Aaron, and said, hey, let's send people out there and check it out. Let's make sure God's telling us the truth. And most likely what happened is Moses then went to the Lord and went, okay, Lord, your people are grumbling and complaining again. And the Lord allowed them to do this. Was this a test? Why did he allow it? Why didn't he just say, hey, just go. I'm giving it to you. You don't have to worry about it. Some people think it's a test. I've looked at a couple different commentaries, and they thought it was a test that God was giving the Israelites. And unfortunately, they failed. Poor Israelites. I do feel sorry for them because they try so hard. And so let's uh, go to the next thing. Numbers 28 through 33. And here's the word that changed it all. But. They just said, oh my gosh, it was the land of flowing milk and honey. It is everything that God said it was going to be, but. That's a big but, like capital B, capital U, capital T, but. The people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people, they are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. They spent 40 days in that land and came back. All the people we saw there are of great size, the giants. We saw the Nephilims there and the descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them. They had spent forty days there, came back with a great big, wonderful report, but there's giants, there's fortified cities, they're going to devour they devour anything that touches their land. They forgot they spent forty days there unharmed. Did they talk to the people did they We don't know, but that's something I thought about when I was reading. It. I'm like, well, did they actually talk to the people did they Did they go near them? Did they live among them for forty days just to kind of see how they were living? We don't know. So, but, the word but is fuss, and it kind of means, like, delete that. So whatever I just said, delete it. Just get rid of it. Forget about it. Because this other stuff is scary, and now we're f- afraid, and it just shows how much fear those other ten had. Now, then there was Caleb and Joseph, who are like, hey, let's go, we can do it. Now, this was weird. I was looking up the name of Caleb, and it means dog. But I was when I looked in the tools for my Bible, you know, you looked in the concordance, and you look, Caleb, dog. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I looked a little bit farther, and some think it's, you know, it's um, two words put together, so it actually means faith, devotion, wholehearted Caleb definitely was had faith and devotion to God he was a wholehearted person who followed the Lord and loved him and believed in his promises but I was thinking about it and what are dogs they are faithful companions they are devoted to their masters they wholeheartedly love you so Caleb as a dog was fantastic I thought of a golden retriever, right? Floppy ears, and how they love you. And that's how we we should love like a God, like a dog loves us. And Caleb, even though his name meant dog, he was filled with faith and devotion to God. He wholeheartedly loved the Lord and trusted in his promises. And so when he told them silent, the word is Hasa. Hassah, it's a command to be silent. It means hold your tongue. You're speaking against God. You're speaking against Moses and Aaron, and you're lying. That's what he was saying. Stop it. Because God promised us that we were going to take this land, so let's go do it. Because I trust God. I don't trust you guys. I trust God. So Hassah, silence people. Hold your tongue. I just want to, sh- I want to shout that sometime to somebody when they're going off. Huzzah! They won't know what I mean. So use that word, huzzah, H-A-S-A-H. That's the phonetic, phonetic spelling, not how you really spell it. So, huzzah, hassa. I know, it's a fun word to say, isn't it? I was saying it last night, huzzah, hassa, <laughs> I feel like I have a superpower when I say it. <laughs> I know, it's just weird. This happens when I don't get a lot of sleep. So what happened after this? They gave basically the same report, right? Caleb didn't disagree with what the other 10 spies said. Yes, it's good land. Yes, there's fortified cities. Yes, there's giants there. They gave basically the same report. But here's, what's the difference? Their perspective. It's how they looked at their circumstances. It's, look, it's how they looked at the giants. Yes, they were big men. They were giants. But the men, the ten men, leaders of Israel, looked at it and said, there's no way we can do this. They were thinking about their own self i'm not that big i can't do it we look like grasshoppers let's run away and go hide and what's the difference it's how you perceive god in the circumstance j uh, not jacob caleb saw the giants saw his circumstances and went god god's in this i'm gonna go forward we can beat him because god promised it's not about how we just how we see the circumstances, it's how we see God in our circumstances. If we take God out, there's no way we can do it. When we put God in, we can do it. Because God promises that. This is from Max Lucado, focus on your giants and you will stumble. Focus on God and your giants will tumble. I love that. Thank you Max. Thank you Max Lucado focus on your giants and you will stumble focus on god your giants will tumble when we have god right in the center when we're focusing on god our giants will tumble before us our giants will tumble before us you know we all have our butts in our life right We make excuses why we can't move forward, why we can't face our giants. I do it. I know we all do it. We've talked, the few people in this room that are running the show here, we've all talked about our giants and fears that we've had. But we can move forward because we know God has kept his promises from the beginning of time. And he will continue to keep his promises for us. But when we focus on those giants, when we focus on what the world's saying around us, right now the worldview is our giant. They are telling us to be afraid. They are telling us to be divisive. They are telling us to hate. They are telling us to be angry. And God says, don't listen to them. God's promises are real. God, if we look at God and take the biblical worldview, we can still see hope, we can still have faith, and we can walk without fear. So focus on your giants and you will stumble. But focus on God and your giants will tumble. I love that. In Psalm 118, 6 through 7, God's now at my side. I am not afraid. Who would dare lay a hand on me? God's my strong champion. This is, I think, my favorite line. I flick off my enemies like fleas. Because when God's at my side, I should never be afraid. I, am never, I should never be afraid to face my giants. because god's around me they can't lay a hand on me it may seem like it at times but god is right there and he will get us through it because he is our strong champion and so now i can flick my enemies off like fleas let's give you some practicalities one we need to recognize our giants there's so many times that we're going around and we're running afraid, we're running stressed, we're running anxious and panicked and out of control. And we don't know why. And it's because we're running from our giants. And know we're not running to them. And so we need to recognize that we do have giants that we face every day. And we need to recognize them. So recognize your giant. The second one is what is your perception? How do you perceive your giants? Once you recognize them, how do you perceive them? Do you see them with human eyes or do you see God in the midst of it? Do you perceive it just, oh my gosh, I can't do it? Or do you perceive God's will and promise is going before you as you face your giants? God is there in front of you. He's your stronghold. You get to flick them off like fleas. Three, you want to face your giants. Once you recognize them, then you got to see God in the middle of them, and then you can face them. So then you face them. In Romans 8, um, 31, it says, If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? No one no one can be against us if god is for us and i'm going to tell you if you know god if you love god if you have god in your heart he's for you he is not against anyone he is for you and for those of you that are tuning in that go gosh i'm not even sure i know who this god is he's for you because he wants you to be his children the lost are his children and he wants to bring them back into the fold. So, he is for them. He is for them to come home to him. He is for them to face their giants with him unafraid. And he is for each one of us so that we no longer have to be afraid. Fear. We get to choose fear or faith and what we focus on. Do we focus on our giants or do we focus on God? Do we face our giants with fear? And trembling and want to run back like the Israels did? Or do we face it with faith that God will keep his promises? Now, I learned this from a five year old this week. Auntie, there's choices and consequences. <laughs> he had gotten in a little trouble and we were discussing it, and he goes, I know, Auntie, there are choices and there are consequences. And I said, Yep. And your choice was. I know, I'm sorry, Auntie. And I go, what's the consequence? No dessert. It broke my heart not to give him dessert. But there was consequences. When we make the choice to face our giants, actually not face our giants, but look at our giants with fear, focusing on our giants, the consequence is this. We will always be running away. We will always be living a slave-like life to fear, to anxiety, To stress, just like the Israels wanted to be. The Israels, when they said this, said, if you I'm gonna suggest you read all of thirteen and fourteen of Numbers so you can get this whole story. It's just too much for me to cover in one little bit. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to pick new leaders, they wanted to go back. They were slaves. They were slaves and they wanted to go back to that because they knew what it was. They knew how they were going to be treated. They knew what was going to be happening. Remember I told you about the tension of knowing and unknowing? They knew what was back there in Egypt. They didn't know what was in the New Land. And they didn't want to live in that tension. They wanted to run back and be slaves. So that's our choice. Fear equals slavery. Slavery. slavery or faith, which is freedom to move towards our giants, to conquer our giants, and to live in faith with God and his promises and conquering all that's ahead of us. That's your choice. So what's your focus? Fear, faith, God, or giants? Five, we need to trust God's promises. God's promises are all over the Bible, and we need to learn how to trust them. There are times we all, and I know House or Kim or any of us will say, there have been times that we don't trust God's promises for us. And then we go, how does that work out for us? Not so well. When we can trust God's promises, he is faithful to us. In, um, oh, I didn't write down Second Peter 1.4. I just wrote down the verse and I didn't write down. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Oh, there it is. is. Second Peter 1.4 says, Through these he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. I'm going to read that again. actually i'm going to start with 3 because that's a really good one too his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness through these he has given us very his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escaped the corruption In the world caused by evil desires. Now, if you remember a couple weeks ago, House talked about God creating the world and that we live in that moment of heaven and earth singing. That's what this verse is about. Living in that moment of heaven and earth singing together. That's a beautiful place to live. So trust God's promises. House, I'm going to have you come on up. I'm going to leave you this with this. You may be up against a giant today, but don't focus on how big your giant is. Focus on how big your God is. It's so easy to get lost and be afraid when we see what's ahead of us. It's so scary right now. We, we're not knowing what's going to happen with elections and with the protests and that can overwhelm us. If we focus on that if we're looking at our job situation and the giant is I've been furloughed or laid off and now I don't know what I'm going to do if I focus on that I'll be stressed and fearful focus on God in the situation he's got you here for a reason I don't know what it is but there's always a reason so focus on God, not your giants. Face them with God in the midst of it. Trust in his promises, and you will be able to conquer all your giants. Amen.
1: Pastor Tamra was talking about how it makes all the difference if God is in the picture. And it's so easy for us to look at our giants, and we all have them. Those giants are very, very real. It's so easy for us To become fearful and to have anxiety about what's going to happen to us. But having God in it, in the picture, makes all the difference. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to invite the Lord to be a part of that. It's one thing to say, yeah, that's a good idea. It's another thing to invite him in. It's a good idea to think, you know, that person should come over to my house. And it's another thing to invite him or her to your house. So I'm going to invite you to invite the Lord Jesus Christ to come into the picture so that you and the Lord can face your giants together. So if you'd like to invite him in, pray with me as I as I pray through this. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we we are facing real challenges. A lot of people I care about, Lord, have lost their income. A colleague of mine has died from COVID. A lot of relationships are struggling through this lockdown. People who had a real sense for their vocation are adrift and wondering where they need to plug in. Lots of issues, Lord, that we're facing. We don't want to turn on the news because there's so much bickering and divisiveness. And part of us would just like to turn around and run the other way. But Father, Martin Luther wrote 500 years ago, a champion comes to fight by our side, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, please pray with me out loud the following prayer if you'd like to invite this champion to come and fight by your side. Lord Jesus Christ, I occasionally am fearful I try to fight my giants and face my giants alone. And I often become cowardly and run the wrong way. But with you by my side, I can face the giants. I invite you to stand by me with the sword of the Holy Spirit. And the word of God your Father, and face these giants with me. For beyond these giants are all the promises that you have just for me. You have a promised land for me, a destination, a plan to give me a hope and a future but the path lies through the giants. I invite you to be Lord of my life with all your power and strength. And you and I will be victorious. And We pray this in your name. Amen. That was a beautiful teaching, Tamara. That was said at the worship this morning. I'm still sort of... Yeah, as you were saying, there was something going on in the room. And we're so blessed to have Pastor Phil and Belle joining us. Pastor Phil is sort of the patriarch of the congregation, a great man of God, a great scholar of the word. And they popped in with their masks and are sitting in the back. And we're so blessed to have you folks here. Just so blessed to have you. We hope to, to gather for public worship as soon as we can. I'll get to that in just a moment. But we just went through a prayer together, and we are a congregation that prays. And Pastor Tamara, who is just teaching, you may not know her if you're watching from North Carolina or Australia or whatever, but uh, her email address is up on the screen, Tamara underscore Dorica at yahoo.com. And if you would like her to share your prayer concerns, whatever they are, with our prayer athletes, our prayer warriors, please do that. And also on our private Facebook page. And if you haven't joined our private Facebook page, we just went over the 1,600 member mark. We had 500 and some before before the pandemic. And a lot of you have joined since then, and you're listening to me right now. And uh, for those of you who are on that Facebook group, private Facebook group, and we invite everyone to join. So if you haven't joined, just find it and join. We have a prayer wall, and we've got hundreds of prayers on there, and people can pray for each other and with each other, and we've had some amazing miracles take place. We had a healing with uh, Ildze Canfield from last week, and she is cancer-free, she's a young mom, and we're so blessed to uh, to have heard about that. So prayers make a big, big difference. So get those specific, don't just oh, I'll pray for you, that's fine, but get the specific prayers into Pastor Tamra, or put them on the prayer wall. And we're going to change the world with these prayers. Wherever two or three are gathered, it makes a big, big difference. The August prayer focus is unity. As Pastor Tamara was saying, the world wants us to be divided. The world wants us to pick teams. The world wants us to hate our enemy. Jesus calls us to love our enemies and to follow him and not to get into that kind of stuff. I believe that if we pray for unity here in North America and around the world, things are going to change. It's so violent out there right now. It's so sketchy. It's like people are just ready to go off at any moment. And we can calm and bring shalom into this setting. We can do that. So please pray with us for that all through the month of August. Our Bible readings. We'll be posting our Bible readings all over Facebook, and we send them out also uh, quarterly, printed out so people can read along, and I do a daily Bible teaching. I do it on YouTube, and I also do it on Facebook, and I would love to have you join me for those those lessons, five to ten minutes a day on video, and uh, please do pay attention to those and read the Bible passages and then watch the video and share those videos with other people. We're going to want to spread the word. The Bible says, let your light shine. We are in the middle of our second online Alpha course, and we have people from coast to coast joining us on that, and we're so blessed to have had the Holy Spirit weekend yesterday, and uh, it was fantastic to see people praying for one another to be filled with the Spirit. If you have any questions about the Christian faith, or you would just like to learn more about the Christian faith, or if you just like to make friends, you'd like to interact with people because you feel isolated right now, we'd love to have you join us. On October 7th and following and all you have to do is contact me and you can contact me through the website on Facebook on Instagram on all those all those things contact me and I'll get you on the course and you'll make friends connect with God and learn some great stuff there's no teacher training or well diggers today because my wife and I are taking off to celebrate her birthday we're gonna go do that and very excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We like to go camping. But uh, we are going to uh, be continuing that next week with the three C's of ministry. Next week at 4 o'clock Pacific. And that's Christ, content, and also community. So we're going to talk about the three C's, how those three C's need to be present in every ministry that we do. We have our first well that's being dug. And what's what's... What's that mean? This is the well at Surf City. But when we chose this name, and uh, Pastor Kim actually came up with the name, the well at Surf City, the reason she came up with it was that you could then plant wells all over the world and call it the well at such and such, the well at such and such. Well, we have a new well gathering for the first time today watching together uh, online, and that's the well at Wild Rose Country. And so hello, everybody in Canada. We're just so blessed to have you here. They're starting a church. Brian and Mita Weir are starting a ministry there together, just getting started, and uh, we are so blessed that you're doing that. And if you would like to plant a church, dig a well, be a well digger, in your community and be connected with us through teaching and, and this way, we'd love to have you do that. Get in touch with me, and we'll put you in with our well diggers training on Sunday afternoons. When are we gathering in person? We hope to gather in person As soon as the Lord tells us, we're not going to necessarily just follow or not follow what everybody's doing. We're not worried about people's opinions on the left or the right. We are listening to one voice, and that voice is the Lord. And when the Lord says it's time to gather, we'll gather. Just like we talked about with the the pillar of fire and cloud, when when that moved, the people moved. And we're going to do that as the Lord tells us. Your board, your trustees here are meeting on a regular basis to seek the Lord. And when he tells us to meet, we're going to meet, and we want to invite you back. But if you don't live anywhere near us, you can plant a church. You can dig a well. Donations. We are so blessed with the generosity of this this worldwide congregation, both here in Huntington Beach with faithful tithing members. Uh, We're so grateful for you because you've stepped up and uh, continued to be just outrageously, outrageously generous And also, some of you are starting to pick up giving far afield. We're getting people contributing to our ministry, and that allows us to do more. And if we do more, we let our light shine even more, and we can get the word out even more. I would love to see messages like today's message and today's worship get out to more and more people, because the world needs the message that we are sharing at the well. We want to be an oasis of encouragement and peace in the middle of a crazy mixed up time. That's what we're called to do right now. And if you want to be a part of that, please do donate to what we're doing. And if you're just getting started, you're just really not sure about this whole thing and just want to give a little bit, I'm going to put up a slide for Patreon. You could be our first Patreon sponsor. It's really for, for people who just want to give a little bit on a regular basis, like $5 a month, $10 a month, that kind of thing. You might be committed to a whole bunch of other ministries, but you would like to include the well in your sort of uh, collection of things that you give to. And if you're one of those people, Patreon would be really good for that. It's patreon.com slash worldwide well. So you can go ahead and do that. So that's it for today, but first I'm going to bless you. So open up your hands to receive a blessing. And Lord, uh, I just pray a blessing on each man and woman, boy and girl who's listening right now. Whether live or listening later. I pray for all of your promises, all of your blessings to just fill your child here. Just like living water from the top top of their heads to the tips of their toes, more of your spirit, Lord. Send your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Guide your people. Bring us peace. Bring us courage. And, Lord, lead us into our promised land. Lord, I just pray a blessing on everybody here. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said? We will see you again next week. What a morning. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.